Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today I have a very exciting episode for you. So I know, you know, people in, in my my ancestral roots, you know, they, uh, they kind of uh, up and left Germany, Denmark, England, and came to America. And even here in America, I had a lot of ancestors that literally picked up and moved across the country uh, at different times. And actually, I guess I've kind of done that a little bit too. But I know that that can be scary for a lot of people. And so I'm excited today to talk to my friend Diane because she just did that. And a lot of people are doing it. And uh, just excited to talk to her about some of the changes that happen um, when we actually have the courage, right, to kind of follow what we're being led to do, even when we don't know exactly what that's going to mean. So with that, let's go ahead and roll that episode with Diane. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Diane. <laughs> it's good to see your smiling face. I just love, I just love your smile, too. So uh, welcome, welcome. Um, I know you've had some pretty interesting things that have been going on in your life. What's it been now? Six months. It's been less than six months, I think, right? Yeah. Well, the point of decision was February of 2022. And thank you for having me, by the way. Oh, you're you're welcome. I mean, it's so so this is a this is a journey that you said started in February of 22. Yeah. All right. So we're recording in November. So I mean, again, depends on when you're when you're listening to this. But um, you know, we've known each other, been one of the same coaching programs, known each other kind of on social media for a while. And um, so maybe give people just a little bit of a background. And then, like I said, I've got a whole bunch of questions for you. 
you know, as, as we kind of go through and talk about this, but, you know, where were you at the beginning of the year before you kind of had the, the, this decision point, what was going on in your life and what were some of these decisions that you started making? Uh, if I was going to kind of give a primer to the story, I would probably start sooner than the beginning of the year, because uh, like, if I look back to um, the kind of life that I've lived in the past, like just to give a bit of background, because I came from a, first of all, a childhood of trauma, abuse and neglect. So I was kind of this person who spent 30 years of her life seeking to feel better to that there must be more and so I was doing things like therapy and talk and all this kind of stuff and and always trying to feel better and at the same time I was always uh, I was one of those people that was on the hamster wheel I was working my butt off and I was just like overworking and a, and a bit of a workaholic I guess you could say uh, raised my two kids myself and so my, my history is that of, you know, I'm a person who never really listened to their gut. I never really followed my heart because I was too busy, you know, trying to be worth something by working super hard and accomplishing and all this kind of stuff. And so fast forward to even like 2021, when we were in this coaching program together and I started to have um, all these layers peeling off with the combination of the coaching we were doing and all, all the, the hypnosis mm -hmm. that all of that work, it was like, it just, it was almost like it catapulted me forward. And I became this uh, person who was like, I had so many aha moments. Like it's, it's even too much to say, but it was like, I got to the point where I was able to just, hear myself like and and i think it was a combination of the, the the exercises we did with with silence and um you know just being able to listen to ourselves and who our true self is because um you know i always thought that i am just i'm a nurse practitioner and i'm you know a mother and i'm, I'm a single mother and i work my butt off and these are all the things i am i'm this kind of person but once you really start to tap into your true self, it's like you start to realize that none of that matters anymore. Like the security or the security of, of having a union job, the security of having work and this, these titles and all the rest of it, it has no relevance. The, the, the retirement plan, you know, all these things, it just, it, it gradually just came to the point where it was like, none of this is really part of who I really am, right? Mm -hmm. it's, so it was a journey to finding my true self in a sense. And so this is why I said it started before early in the year, because I was already peeling back those layers. I was already having those realizations that my true self was not all the things I thought it was. And so, and, and I, for several years, I had thought about like, you know, I, I really like to be able to be somewhere warm in the winters. Like I, I'm tired of shoveling snow. I'm tired of all this, you know, I lived on 80 acres. So it was no small feat to spend four or five hours clearing snow and, you know, so I could get out and go do what I do. And so, um, 
but I never had the, the courage or the, even the feeling that something like that was possible for me. I really didn't. I, I just thought like I'm stuck here because I've got my kids. I have obligations. I have a house to maintain. I've got, um, you know, I have to keep building my retirement plan. Like there's all these things that we tell ourselves that lead us to feel like we're stuck where we are. And it's all, I mean, the truth of it, let's, let's be real. It's all about what you believe. Mm -hmm. These are all things that were kind of taught since a young age, you got to work hard. You got to, you know, I mean, I, I was working till your eyeballs bleed. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> that's what I was doing. And well, yeah, especially in healthcare, right? I mean, you can work some really long hours there too. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to our coaching program that we started a couple of years ago was that our mentor said, you don't have to work until your eyeballs bleed. And that line, I went, what? I don't? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, wait, that's a novel idea. And so, uh, you know, up to the point where I made the decision to, to leave Canada, I was really in a place of, like, I had just developed this sense of, like, there's nothing that I cannot do. And, and so it was, it was so powerful to get to that place, because I could just be my true self without being attached to all these old things I used to believe that aren't even really true, like about security and the retirement plan and having to, you know, there's some kind of thing where you have to live close to your children. Otherwise you're a bad mother. Like, I mean, these are just things that a lot of people, you know, naturally think or they believe, but a lot of it's not even true. Right. And so I got to the place where I was like, you know, like, I don't need to be attached to all of this. I don't need to be attached to all these old beliefs. And really, you know, my life is what I make of it. And me as this, this powerful being is, I mean, there, I really felt like I was at that place where I reached that point of possibility where I realized there's nothing I can't do. And nothing outside of me really has any relevance to the decisions I make for myself. And so it was a beautiful place to get to. Well, I think <clears throat> I think the story, you know, that that kind of precursor is what so many of us live with, right? Because like you said, I mean, from a young age, we kind of get indoctrinated, we get told what we're supposed to do. We start attaching to the different identities about ourselves, right? I'm a mom, but I'm not just a mom. I'm a single mom of two kids. I'm a nurse practitioner. I work really hard, right? I mean, all these things that we get kind of kind of taught and and in a lot of ways end up distracting ourselves from from being able to listen to our gut or our heart, right? It's almost it's almost like you know, I see this with so many people, right? Where we're just so busy. We're, you know, the, these terms like working until your eyeballs bleed, you know, and, and all these different things where we just get so busy living and doing the day to day of life that we never take that time to check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, am I really happy? Right. And obviously you started, you started that on that journey before of thinking, well, hold it now, just a minute. Am I actually happy? 
is this really how I want to spend the rest of my life? Right. So you started asking some of these questions to yourself. And then I love the, you know, peeling back the layers. Right. I mean, that's one thing that a lot of us in, in Jim Fortin's program talked about is peeling back the layers because it's like, God damn it. You know, I just peeled back one and there's another one, you know, it's like we're like ogres. Ogres are like onions or <laughs> peeling back the layers. That's my bad Shrek impersonation. But it's in, it's interesting because like you said, I mean, you've been peeling back the layers and then, you know, finally you started kind of questioning some of these things like like the one that you talk about, you know, well, to be a good mom, I have to live near my children, right? And And there's so many women, especially at, you know, midlife, let's not halftime, whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? You, you, you work really hard, you finally get the kids out of the house. And then it's like so many women spend the rest of their life, just continuing to kind of parent the kids or the grandkids and, and never really have a life of their own. Right? Where it, it, it sounds like you kind of woke up and said, now, just not just a minute, right? I, I don't have to do things that way. Is that kind of what was going on? Well, yeah, the, the, probably the biggest thing as I hear you talk about, like, you know, having to work hard and to be a certain kind of parent and all this, it, it really boiled down to two big things. The first one is, is that where do we, where along the way do we feel this need to prove ourselves? Where along the, on the, along the way do we feel like in order to you know, to really be worth love or, or worth time and worth attention is that we have to like just work so, so hard. And, and I am really a, a perfect example of this because I, during those years where I was working and raising my kids, uh, like here's an example. I owned this, this beautiful leather couch that I bought 21 years before I left and I had been so busy working and running 12 to 14 hour days trying to prove who knows what that I was worth something I never sat on it so I was able to get full in, 20, in 21 years it had never been used okay just to put a good oh, oh my gosh so okay this yeah. is just an example of you look back and you're like what is it that I had to prove like we don't have to justify our existence to anyone. We don't. We can just, we have innate value just by being a human being, just by being here. And so, so many of us run circles, work so hard, run around trying to, you know, look after other people and prove that we're, we're such a good person because we spend all this time helping other people. Meanwhile, we neglect ourselves and we completely lose who we are in the process. Completely. You know, we're, we're busy doing things like getting involved with, um, you know, things that we really even don't need to be involved with, whether it's like somebody else's problems or their legal issues or whatever it is that's going on. You know, we get ourselves over-involved in these things because we feel like it makes us a good person. It somehow defines us and it makes us worth something. And it's like, and that's the perfect example of we do not need to justify our existence. We don't need to prove ourselves in any way, shape, or form. And that's a magic place to get to. Now, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that when 
we feel this sense of obligation to things like, you know, I got to maintain my house. I got to be close to my kids because otherwise I'm a bad mother. I, I and I have a grandson too, so I, I need mm-hmm. to be close to my grandson. Otherwise, you know, like people are going to judge me and all this kind of stuff, right? Well, guess what? They're living their life. I should be living mine. And really, any sense of obligation uh, or perceived obligation that I that I should be close to them or I should be this or I should be that. A hundred percent of that is our us setting expectations about those obligations in our own mind. They're all self-created. Do those people really expect us to live close by for our whole life? Do people really, you know, like, so all of those perceived obligations that we think are there are just something we create in our own mind. People don't even really expect that of us. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that, right? Because again, they're, they're like these societal things that aren't real, right? Because I'm, I'm sure, you know, when, when you went to your kids and said, Hey, I'm leaving, (laughs) they weren't like, Oh no, you're a bad mother. If you leave us, maybe they did, but I'm guessing they didn't say that at all. Did they? No, they didn't. In fact, my daughter was just kind of like, what? And then my son was like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, but there was no sense of you need to be here for us, like this big guilt trip or like, why are you leaving? No, they're just like, there's like, oh, wow. You know, they're just curious about it. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So how many times in our lives are we, are we doing that? Right. Where we're putting these kind of false expectations out there when they don't even exist. And if we were to ask people, right? It's like, it's not even what they were thinking, but we're, we're kind of building this reality around ourselves when nobody else except us has that expectation, right? It kind of makes you feel like, well, maybe we should get rid of all expectations, right? Because maybe none of them are real, right? Yeah, another big one that, that I hear, even just from clients or people that want to work with me to get and I find a lot of the clients that work with me, it's it's like they're really wanting to tap in to that sense of possibility, but they don't know how in a sense. And so probably the biggest thing that I'm hearing from like from all kinds of people, whether it's professionals or different people, is that they're like, okay, well, I've been in this job for, you know, 25 or 30 years. And, you know, I have to just somehow make it another five years till I hit magic 80 or till I hit that, that, that retirement age where I can retire with a full pension. Well, really? So, you know, this part of me goes, but hang us, hang on a second. What is it is like, really, what is it costing you to, to live this many years, you know, pressuring yourself that you have to do this when really, you know, if you, if you left five years early, you would still have your retirement plan. And then you could do some other things that really you're passionate about, you know, that have nothing to do with your career and it will not impact you financially. In fact, you may be better off financially. So, but see, a lot of people have this this, this belief that I have to put in these last five years or these last six years. And it's almost like this self-imposed and that's another self-imposed sense of obligation that, you know, they're not going to have that, that, desired outcome if they don't put in you know the work first and sure okay so your retirement will be slightly better at the end of the five years 
but now you've spent five years and you know what? Our life is too short. And so if you're miserable putting in another five years, is it really worth it for an extra couple hundred bucks a month, right? When you could easily make that back and more by doing something else that you really love to do. Yeah, you could just do something on the side, you know, just a few hours a week and be able to make that kind of money. Easily. Well, and it kind of reminds me because, you know, especially, I mean, older generation. And again, I mean, that's where we get it from, right? I mean, my parents told me all these things that you're talking about. And, you know, I remember my mother was was that way too, you know, where it was, you know, she was she was working really hard until retirement. And the idea was when when she retired, then my parents would travel, right? I mean, my dad was still going to work a little bit, but, um, you know, then they would travel. And so again, she worked really hard. She got up to the retirement age, she retired and then guess what? She got cancer, right? And so the last five years of her life, okay, they did some travel, right? But it it didn't turn out the way she was expecting in her mind, right? And like you say with your clients, right? What's that other five years actually costing you? Well, maybe it does cost you something like health, right? To where again, if 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 they would have started traveling sooner you know or doing some of the other things instead of kind of waiting and following this expect societal expectation of what you do right then i mean she gave up a lot in that way and that's that's always been a lesson to me of you know don't wait until the very end thinking it's going to happen you may never even get there yeah and that's the beauty of of living in the present moment. So realizing that the past doesn't matter, the future doesn't matter. Really what matters is right now. And if you're miserable, if you're, um, and I was there, okay? I was miserable in my work because there was so many, uh, as as a nurse practitioner in the healthcare system, there's so many like over-regulations and over-controlling of the way we can do our work. So it's like, we're, we're so limited and so even if you have this, and, and I'm always, I've always been this out of the box thinker. So I like to treat the patient, not necessarily what's in the book or what, you know, what's in the mm-hmm. guidelines necessarily, but it's always important to treat the patient because not every patient fits into this little box. And so this is the frustration uh, with working in the healthcare system is like, it, it's just um, very, very limiting. And so I was miserable up at work and and then what happens is what does it cost you in your life just having that where the work is draining it's like you know do you have fun after after work is over do you have what is your relationship like with your kids are you kicking the dog are you snapping at the kids are you impatient are you like not sleeping well i mean and it just starts to compound and really, that's the point that I got to. I was just like, like all of this is, is not me. It is not me. Like, I love to be spontaneous and have fun and adventure and be silly and, and just like, and just enjoy. And, my, and you know what happened to me was this one point when my son said to me, he looked at me and he just, he looked at me with this serious look on his face and he goes, mom you used to be fun what happened 
And right at that point, I was like, oh my gosh. And I just got goosebumps just again, just reliving that moment. And I was like, holy crap, like what a, what a, an eye opener because I didn't have that. I mean, I knew partly where I was at, but when somebody else points it out, and especially when it's your, when it's your kid who you know the kind of fun and you know, stuff you used to do with your kids and everything. And now it's like, where did that person go? Because you lose yourself in the doing. You lose yourself in so being so hard trying to prove some shit that doesn't matter that you lose yourself. And then your whole life is impacted. So if you think about the cost, the cost of staying in something that makes you miserable is so far beyond money. It is so far beyond like even health. Like it's, I mean, health is a big thing, but your relationships, like everything, you know, you're losing all that quality time that you could be spending in having that enjoyment in life. But I think that's one of those subtleties that we, you know, it kind of creeps up on us. It's like, it's like, you know, boiling the frog, you put it, you put them in lukewarm water and then you heat it up. Right. And so the frog doesn't realize until it's too late. And I think a lot of times as humans, we're kind of that way too, right? I mean, you get thrown, we get thrown in this thing. Over time, the temperature just kind of rises on us. And it's like, oh, this actually feels nice. It's nice and warm, right? And we just kind of keep staying there until we realize that sometimes it's too late. And it, and it shows up, like you said, you know, we come home, we kick the dog. We yell at our partner. We, you know, think, okay, well, yeah, 12, 14 hour days, those are rough, right? When you come home, you don't feel like doing anything except maybe you know sitting on the floor because you weren't on your couch <laughs> right but you know you don't feel like doing anything and i and i think like you said before we realize it we're no longer ourselves, right you used to be fun what happened right is is that part of you just kind of slowly died as the temperature was rising in in the life that you had created right so <clears throat> so okay so now now we kind of got the backstory so you know obviously you like to be spontaneous and adventurous well you're doing that again <laughs> right so so here you were you know living on 80 acres in uh kind of central canada one of the coldest places in the world gets a shit ton of snow right I mean, I remember watching the, you know, videos and other stuff. I do love tractors, by the way, though. I'd move yeah. snow with the tractor. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But, you know, so so you got to this point, I guess, what, what were some of the decisions and how did you end up where you're at now? Yeah, so if I think about January and, I mean, the 2000... Um, 22, 21 to 22 winter that we had was absolutely like miserable. So not only was I really starting to get in touch with what I really wanted and who I really am, but then it was like, now I was kind of still, you know, I guess you could say stuck in this, in this environment. And normally you could get through it because, you know, let's face it, you know, sometimes the weather gets nicer, you know, if you get a big, a big dumping of snow while the weather goes warmer. So you just, you can fire up the tractor, clear it. It's kind of fun, you know, but this particular winter, 
the fun seemed to disappear from it because every single day it was minus 40. It was just extremely, extremely cold. And so it made, you know, and then we were still getting these massive dumpings of snow, like massive, massive dumpings. And so then it became, okay, now it's like really hard to get the tractor going because it's not warm, you know, mm -hmm. it's, everything became more and more difficult. And so it, for me, it started to feel like I'm, I'm living in this, what feels like a struggle. And I thought, but I'm just not up for this anymore. Like I, you know, I'm starting to really realize that I don't want to live like this. And so this one particular day, and I will tell you, I remember this exact day. Uh, I had just spent the day before, I spent five hours shoveling and probably another four hours of tractor clearing out those massive drifts and finally opening up the yard, opening up the driveway so to make it easier to get out and everything. And it was super, super cold, but you know what? I made it through the day and I was just, I stood back and looked at my work and thought, yes, now I've got a clean yard and so on. And, you know, life's going to be easier from here. Well, overnight, this massive storm hit, which I didn't know was coming, which, you know, probably because I wasn't watching the news, but it's so my own fault. But um, the next morning I came out and it was like all the work I did was completely leveled and deeper than before. And it was just this huge disaster. And so I, I stood there looking at that and I had this combination of, I was so angry. I was just like, I just put in all this work and I was just looking around me at all this snow. And I just said like, holy crap, like I all of a sudden it just clicked. I'm choosing this. Mm -hmm. What the hell am I doing? Like, I'm actually, I'm literally choosing this, which means which means, guess what it means? I can choose something else. That was the day I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. And I said it, I'm effing leaving. Like, I was just like, that's it. You know, it was just like this vow, like a powerful vow. I am out of here, you know? And, um, and it wasn't just the cold. I mean, there's all this political stuff going on and all the rest that we won't even get into, but uh, it was just like, I'm out of here. So I uh, just, I think it was like that day I was just like, okay, I'm going to, I originally was thinking I'd go somewhere like Arizona or something like that. And I thought, ah, oh, heck with it. You know, cause I was thinking at that point, well, I mean, the politics are, you go from bad to worse going from Canada to the U S. <laughs> yeah. Don't move here to avoid politics. <laughs> <laughs> so I just said, oh, I'm just, you know what, Mexico, that sounds good. Let me see how, how can I do this? And I just, it was just like, I just, it was just like, I, I snapped my fingers because it's like, I no longer, it was just like, I just had that thought. And this lady reached out to me and said, Hey, there's somebody I know that just moved to Puerto Vallarta. And I was just like, well, that's the place I was kind of thinking of going. Well, what's her name? Within five minutes, I was on a FaceTime with her talking about, you know, Mexico and immigration and, and things like that. And that's where she told me that the, the, um, uh, consulate is in Calgary and uh, I was like oh right on uh, I'll just look online and find the number so it was like the next day I contacted the consulate I got myself an appointment for March and it was no problem like she said oh you're never going to get through and everybody wants to move to Mexico you're it, it you, you have to keep phoning because the lines like I mean and good luck because they keep raising the requirements like I mean this is all the things she was saying I thought I don't care because I'm going so you know what? And it's just, it's just going to happen. And I had such a powerful feeling inside of me. 
And so when I called the consulate, yeah, I had to hit redial about three times. I got through. They were just like the nicest people. So helpful. They gave me an appointment for March. It was like, there was no problem. It's like, okay. So came, came March, I went down there and it was just like, like I'll even just tell the story because it's, it's kind of like, it gives me goosebumps because I was kind of scared to go to the consulate because I was thinking of Mexican consulate. Well, that's going to be kind of like this, you know, this place, it's going to be like this small little place with a whole bunch of lineups and you're not, you know, you won't, won't be able to speak the language. It's going to be really challenging. Like the way this girl painted this place was like this horrible. <laughs> like you were going to a third world country in Calgary, right? <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, I'll just park downtown Calgary and I'll just, I, I looked on my GPS. I thought it's only like maybe seven or eight blocks. So I can just walk, you know, I can just have a solid place to park. I got there early. Okay, I had an appointment at 1.30. And so, <clears throat> so I walked, I started walking towards the, the consulate and it was like, and it was so noticeable. Like you can't even make this shit up, honestly. I'm walking along and I, and I so I have my GPS of course, and I get to the, the cross street. And of course, downtown, every street has lights and crosswalks and everything. So I get up to the first one. And as I walked up, boom, the white, person came okay it's walk right then I walked to the next one and it was like right. as, as I was walking it was like the the white cross you know to cross now light just popped up at every single corner and I thought wow like I feel like I'm walking on a red carpet here or something like it just feels so amazing even though I was still scared so then I walked up to where the consulate was and I looked at this beautiful glass building and I was like oh my god that's the consulate I thought that can't be okay. Well, I'll just go in and ask. So I walk in and the guy at the moment, Oh, hi, you know, and, and he was just, it was so pleasant. And I says, is the consulate here? He goes, Oh yeah, it's on the second floor. I was like, Oh, great. Thanks. So I went up there and, and so I kind of paused up the elevator thought, should I put a mask on or not? Cause I wasn't sure if it was required. Like, you know, so I was kind of nervous. And then I thought, okay, here I go, <sighs> you know, like big breath kind of thing before I go in. And then I opened the door. And like there, it was really quiet in there. There was almost nobody. And then this lady looks up from the desk and she goes, oh, hello, are you Diane? We're expecting you. And I thought, what? <laughs> like, the whole experience was just like, somebody was just like laying this path for me. And it was just like this beautiful path. And it was like, everything went smoothly. Like, I mean, I got asked the usual questions and it was all very like, but it was, it, there was so much kindness and so much, they were just so helpful. And then, you know, the man at the end, because like, you have to go through multiple steps to get your visa, he was just like, you're approved. And, and I was just like, yes, you know. Right and there on the spot, same day. So I sat there. He says, just go to the waiting room and, and the lady will come and bring your visa. I was like, oh, wow. I, was, I didn't know what it would look like or like, you know, so I, I was in this, like I was really in this sense of wonder, like, you know, it's like, wow, this seems like way too easy. You know, so I sat there waiting. There's a few people in, in the waiting room. We had some nice conversations and a lot of similar people in similar situations to me. And then maybe not even 10 minutes, this lady comes and she says, Diane. And so I came and they had put this beautiful thing in my passport. It looked like it was embossed in one of the pages. And so she explains to me, this gets you into Mexico and you have to go to immigration within 30 days. Uh, you know, to, to do the next step so that you can become a resident or whatever of Mexico. 
And I was just like, okay, I had already researched that. So I kind of had some, I kind of knew some of that already, but she was just so kind. And I said, okay, so that's it. And she's like, yeah, here you go. I was like, wow. Like <laughs> just, so the story of how I got my visa and how that just flowed like magic. It was like, wow. I almost like, like, like floated back to my car, you know? <laughs> I was just so amazed that I was, I mean, I was so incredibly scared and nervous about going to the consulate because of what I'd been told, but it was, it was nothing like that. Well, and I think that's what you just described is exactly what so many people that are going to listen to this need to hear, right? Because, you know, again, one of my questions was, why'd you pick Mexico? Why Puerto Vallarta? Right? I mean, it's a beautiful place. Don't get me wrong. Right? And and Mexico, for those of you that don't know, is absolutely nothing like, especially here in America, what they try to stereotype Mexico as. It is a beautiful place with 120, 150 million people. It is not a backwards third world country. <laughs> so just setting the stage there for everything, right, too. But, but what you described, right, and the ease at which you didn't think about it you didn't sit down and do a pro con list and and sit there and agonize over what decision you were going to make boom it just kind of came mexico boom right somebody that you knew knew somebody who was moving there boom in a few minutes you were on the phone call with them boom you know you you schedule something in the consulate and instead of them saying oh i'm sorry ma'am it's going to be six or nine months it's like hey we'll get you in next month right boom here's your visa right and i've i've traveled all over the world i've gotten visas from all different kinds of countries and yeah usually you have to go to the consulate you send it off you know it takes it takes you a month or two going back and forth i have never heard of anybody going in same day boom here you go sticker in your passport off you go it was beautiful and you know like you talk about that the flow and how things are just happening it's like I, I have this analogy where I say that that day in February where I made that decision, like, I'm out of here. Like, it was like this very powerful vow almost. And it was like from there. Okay. So then I got the, um, the visa just happened like with total ease. And then when I got home, it was just like, wow, like I almost felt like I was in this flow. It's like this real estate guy left this thing hanging on my door. I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, I was like, so I ended up using him to help me sell my house. I listed it and it sold on the first day. And then it was like, from there, I was like, oh my gosh, it's sold. Oh crap. Okay. here we go. <laughs> Now I got to move. <laughs> After having, you know, kid, raising my own kids there for, for 20 years, we had like, I mean, horse stuff, and sporting. I had two or three sheds full of stuff, garage, barn. And a house like just uh, it was a three thousand square foot house packed with furniture and decor and pictures and I mean all the things that we have as uh, that we collect over the years, and I was just like, okay, I, 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 I am leaving. I'm leaving with my clothes in two suitcases, and that's it. And so what I did was I, I took everything out of my closets, and I and I just had this idea, right? I took everything out of my closets, emptied out all my drawers, everything. And I basically reserved one closet for, this is what I'm taking to Mexico. Doop, doop, doop. And I just hung up a few things, my two pairs of shoes, my this, my that, a couple little things. 
and I just started using that closet. This is what I'm taking to Mexico. That's it. And everything else here, have this here, have that. I just started giving stuff away, advertising on Facebook marketplace. I had some moving sales and things like that. So I ended up selling my vehicle on the first day. I mean, it was just like, stuff was just like, it was like, I literally had I felt like I had an anthill, you know, how the ants march in. (laughs) It was like, it was like, that's exactly how my place was for about four or five weeks. People coming in and bringing trucks and trailers and hauling freezers and furniture. And, and like, I mean, just, it, it was incredible just how it all flowed. And in the end, I kind of planned, I thought, okay, I'm having a hard stop on May 27th. That's the last day I'm going to do the sale. And so I had booked donation place within three days so I had time to just kind of like tidy up and the, the huge donation truck came took everything else and then the next day I had a lady hired to come and do like a, a pre-sale clean boom it was done and then and then the people got possession and I just kept going from there and it just seemed like there was no I mean no bad feelings there was no obstacles there was no, like, you know, it was just like, you couldn't even have asked for a better process to happen. It was just like, I woke up every day and was like, today I am going to bring happiness to other people and wealth to myself, because that's really what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm liquidating everything. I'm going to bring happiness to others and wealth to myself. And, and it just, and it just flowed without any, any problems. And so when I just reflect back on that process, it's, it just seems almost surreal how it all, how it all flowed. Right. And, uh, and then from there, it was like, I had my, an Airbnb booked in Puerto Vallarta for starting on July 4th. And then I realized I'm going to be done early. And a friend of mine actually from our coaching group said, Hey, I'm going to Joe Dispenza and he's in uh, Cancun on the 19th of June till the 26th. And I was like, get out of here. I, I've never didn't even know he had events. I've only read one of his books. And I was like, okay, well, I haven't booked any flights yet. So why don't I just fly over there first, go to Joe Dispenza, and then fly across to Puerto Vallarta after that? That's, just, that's perfect, right? Yeah. So it just all flowed everything from what I call my escape from Canada to, you know, like getting to Mexico and flying across to Puerto Vallarta. It just, it, it felt so, uh, there, there was just so much flow and, you know, like there was no necessarily no stress, but it was because I was just going with what was the next thing. Okay. I just feel this is the next thing. And I'm just tapping into my, uh, my sense or my intuition is just like, okay, this is what's next. Okay, let's go. And it didn't stop. Like I talk about that, that point of decision being like the first domino that, that I tapped in this whole flow of things while I was in my Airbnb for three weeks and felt like I was at home. And then there's another story relating to the flow and how I ended up getting my apartment. Well, I was contacting different groups just to explore where some apartments might be. And then I had this, uh, I was looking for a two bedroom and two bath initially. And so I contacted this lady who was really highly recommended. And so she said, oh yeah, I have one I can show you. This is on a Friday. I can show you, but not till Monday at two o'clock. I was just like, oh, like, you know, I just wanted to get going. So Sunday, of course, the night before, I was just so like 
kind of just pumped up and hyper. I thought, I just want to go look at this thing. So I put on my running shoes and I came out and, and went on this little hike to come check out this place. And I came up to the, I came up to the building and I was just like, oh my God, this place, this feels like home. Like I can't even explain the feeling. It felt like home. So I even took pictures. I was like, this is crazy. I sent it to some of my friends saying, like, I haven't looked at this place yet, but it already feels like home. Like, I don't even need to look. Like, it's like, it was that powerful, the feeling I had. So Monday morning comes around and the lady, I was just having my coffee and of course chomping at the bit because I had to wait till two o'clock. And so she messaged me and she said, oh, I just, uh, I'm sorry to let you know that somebody looked at that apartment and they put a deposit down. So it's, it's been taken. And I just had this sudden feeling like inside my stomach, like, no, like that is not possible. Like that's not possible. So I said to her, okay, you know, let me know if you have anything else. And I kind of just wanted to let myself sit with it for a bit. And, and I, I feel like, no, that, I mean, I can't ignore that feeling that that particular apartment block, it felt like home, like it was so powerful. And so she messaged me about an hour later and she says, would you be willing to consider maybe a one bedroom instead of a two bedroom? And I said, you know, I really want a two bedroom for my own reasons so I can have an office and things like that. I said, but sure, why not? I'll look at a one bedroom. She goes, okay, well, let's look at, at two o'clock this afternoon. I said, okay, perfect. I said, um, you know, as long as it's in the same area, you know, because I really wanted to stay in this whole area and because uh, I have all my things I do around here. And so she says, oh yeah, she says, it's in the same building. Mm -hmm. Like, get out of here. I was like, oh my God. It was like the feeling I got in my heart at that point was my heart skipped the beat. I was like, I freaking knew it. You know, it was like, it was like that. And so I, and I, I came here that day, I walked into the apartment and I was just like, I had my cash ready. I was just, I don't even need to look. Like, that's how powerful it was. And, uh, and then the day I got to move in, which was July 21st, I came in here with my two suitcases, the easiest move of my life. I mean, two suitcases, you know, and I, I flopped on the couch behind me and I was just like, boof. And as I landed, it felt like the last domino fell. Like it literally, it was like that whole thing from my decision in February till I landed on my couch here, it was like, that the last domino fell and it just felt like like what a ride <laughs> well and it's what it's quite a story right and again i i think i think you know again for everybody who's listening this is how things can go when we let them when we let it flow right because again you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you along the whole path, you didn't know more than a step or two ahead what was going to happen, right? But you just allowed everything to unfold in front of you exactly as it needed to, right? Exactly. And and I think, you know, again, that's what blocks <clears throat> so so many of us so much of the time is we want to control it. We want to decide all the steps and, oh no, that's out of order. Oh no, I, I have to have a two bedroom apartment, right? Instead of, oh, well, for whatever reason, maybe I'm only supposed to have a one bedroom, right? Well, for whatever reason, I don't know. You 
maybe you know now, maybe you don't, right? But but you were open to it and just allowed everything to flow. And when we're open to allowing flow, things can flow, right? I mean, it it's just, again, like you said, I mean, walking, hitting hitting all of the walk signs on your way to the consulate. You know, it's like showing up in front of the building and going, yep, this is where I'm supposed to live. But God damn it, what do you mean the two bedroom, you know, is gone? Well, because there was another apartment there for you, right? And and all along the way, it just feels like you didn't have the attachment. And you're just allowing yourself to kind of go from the beginning of that domino back in February until you landed on your couch, on the couch behind you. Exactly. That, that's exactly it. And just going with the flow and it's like, I'm not questioning it because see what happens is along the way, your mind will have like these little fears, but, 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 but what if this, or, you know, like, what, what if I, well, man, I'll be considered homeless if I don't own a house. Like this is, you know, all these little, these, <laughs> these fears pop up, right? It's like, oh my God, well, I don't know how to live in Mexico. I've never even been here before. And I'm looking around me and going like, I feel like I feel at home. And yet I have no idea how all these addresses work. There's all these concrete buildings just all stuck together. I've never experienced this before. And I'm just like, I almost had to like hold my own hand and say, let's go exploring. Okay, we got your GPS. So you're not going to get lost. Let's just go out and start looking around because, you know, and so there was a, a lot of, you know, your, your um, analytical mind starts to say, but wait, you don't know what you're doing, but wait, you don't know how to do this, but wait, well, what if this happens? It's like, but then this inner part of you says, what are you talking about? Just go. Like, you know, the, the, the true part of you will just say, hold your own hand if you have to, like, whatever it takes to go, uh, keep going, right? And I mean, I haven't, I really, I have many more examples of this as I went along, but it was just like, so it's not like it's that you're going without fear. It's just like that you just kind of, there's this inner part of you that says, that's, that doesn't even, that's not even relevant. That's like all this crap that you're thinking, it's not relevant just keep going yeah well that's what you've been doing you just kind of kept going and you know again i mean from july until now i'm sure that there's been other things that have just kind of fallen in place for, for you as well right and i mean we, we could be here for three hours talking about that which cool. i would love to but we we can't right so we'll, we'll probably have to talk again because i got i got a lot more questions too as well but it's it's um you know, that's why when when I, I was shocked, right, when I saw your first post that you were in Puerto Vallarta, and I'm like, what? Right? And then I've kind of followed and seen some of the stuff that you've been doing and thinking, wow, right? I mean, this is a great, great example of just letting go of the wheel, if you will, right? Just accepting and, you know, the, the power in that declaration that you made back in February, right? And then just allowing those decisions to, to be made for you and to know what it was that you were supposed to do, right? It, it was all that work that you've been doing for the last couple of years that helps you get out of your head and start listening, you know, to your heart and your gut at that point, right? That's where possibility lies. 
that feeling that there's that, that that anything is possible there's nothing you cannot do there is no excuse there is no reason there is no obligation or anything else that gets in the way because that none of that exists so when you get into that magic possibility and it's incredibly powerful and there's and there's truly nothing that you cannot do and you mentioned that i mean all the things that from from july till now and i mean that's a whole nother story but <laughs> part two coming up <laughs> part two because at, at the beginning of august or probably once i had lived in my apartment for about a week I had something else happen that maybe that's a little bit of a point of curiosity for the next you know time we talk but it was like i tapped another domino and and the dominoes for the next you know inspired journey are in the process right now so yeah it's and it's and it's the most powerful journey i've ever been on yeah well and i know you know just because we we have to kind of wrap wrap this one up but i i know you know one of the questions that people might be having too is you know diane you were a nurse practitioner you had this whole career in this right and and you just give it up you leave the country what are you what are you doing for money right i mean it's like you kind of change your whole career trajectory as well to to be able to allow yourself to do this as well right i mean how how are you helping people now because you do have clients right because because i think sometimes too people think oh well, i'm a cpa or i'm an engineer or i'm a nurse and that's what i have to do the whole rest of my life but it's not is it no because i'll tell you what happens when you liquidate that many years of all the things, you know, the, the homes, the stuff, the kids stuff, like, and, you, and you, you liquidate all of that, you're taking all of that stuff that you really don't need and you're putting it into a bank account. So now you've got a, a little bit of a cushion to kind of help you with your transition. But when I left the medical system in 2020, I also became a transformational coach and I added hypnotherapy to my work because I could see the magic of how that helped people get to the point of possibility and helped me get there. Yeah. That's what I do uh, on the side part-time, uh, you know, just to, because it's, it, to me, it's inspirational and it's fulfilling um, to be able to help others. But in the meantime, you know what, I can, I can still flow forward with what's important for me. Well, and, and, and yeah, because like you said, when, <clears throat> when we get rid of and liquidate everything besides what you'd already saved for retirement, what you got from that, right? It's it's not like you have to be out there hustling full time to make ends meet. Plus, Mexico is way cheaper than Canada and the U.S. Well, right? It's, it's, yeah, exponentially cheaper. <laughs> exponentially cheaper. Yeah. What I what I pay for health insurance in one month could I could live very well on in Mexico. So I have no doubt in my mind, and you know. <laughs> Well, the whole nother podcast that we talked. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Di Diane, thank thank you for coming on here. Um, you know, I just kind of, I knew I felt it in my heart that you know we were supposed to talk because I I needed to hear some of what you were talking about today too. But I know a lot of other people do because it's not to call you a poster child, but it's like, damn girl, <laughs> you know, um, you've had quite a journey. And, and the beautiful thing about it too, is that I think, you know, so much of the time, 
looking from the outside, we might look at it and think, oh, that's so hard. Oh my gosh, how did she do that, right? But it was easy the whole way, right? And it's like, why can't we just make it easy? Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful part of the story, you know, that people need to remember. It doesn't have to, you don't have to work until your eyeballs bleed and things really can be much easier than we think they're going to be. That's right. I mean, I spent my whole life making my life hard and struggling. And then, then once I realized life doesn't have to be hard, it was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. It's incredible. Once you realize that we make it hard ourselves, we create our own struggles. So to break free from that was, and I use this term in our coaching group, I said, it's like I broke free from the prison of myself. Mm. The prison, I'm, I'm writing that one down, the prison of myself. That is great. That is great. Well, Diane, thank you. Thank you again. Like I said, I we've got lots more to talk about. So I think I'll be, we'll have to get together here in a few more months um, again, because I'd like to kind of get the update on. And and like I said, there's still a bunch of questions that I have for you too. So we might talk talk about offline as well. But, um, <clears throat> you know, if people want to want to follow you, want to see what you're up to, want to reach out to you, how's, how's the best way for people to, to get a hold of you? So I have a website and it's, uh, you can be either be reached to dianegoodmanson.com and a lot of people have trouble spelling my name. So I also have another way, it's survivaltosuccess.ca. And I also have a podcast where I talk about just my experiences and my aha moments. It's just me talking. I don't interview people, at least not at this point, yep. but it's called Survival to Success. Uh, okay. with, um, yeah. Same title. All right. Well, we'll make sure and put that in, in the show notes for everybody too. So if you want to reach out to Diane, then make sure and do that. But again, my friend, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, well, you'll have to be back for another episode. If you're up to it, I'm up to it. For sure. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.